0: Awesome. Well, good morning, Faith Rich, How we doing? Good. good. I'm glad to be here. Uh, happy 4th of July, a belated 4th of July. Hope you had a good time uh, celebrating freedom. We're grateful for the freedom we have uh, here in the States to worship, the freedom we have in Christ. Uh, so I just want to wish you a happy 4th of July. Welcome. Uh, if you're joining us online or if you're joining us in East, we're glad you're here. If you have a Bible, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. Matthew chapter 7, we're continuing in our series called Life Under Construction, and we're going to hear some more of what Jesus has to say on how to live in this world. So Matthew chapter 7, I'm going to read, I'll pray, and we'll dive in. So starting in verse 24, it says this, anybody then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everybody who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Pray with me. Lord, God, we're grateful for a time to worship. God, we're grateful for a time to study your word. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to us. God, I pray that you would speak to us individually. Lord, you know all that's going on in all of our life. And so, God, I pray for those that are discouraged, God, would you speak encouragement? God, for those that have lost hope, God, I pray that you would speak hope. God, I pray that you would also speak truth. Even if the truth can be sometimes difficult, God, I pray that you would just speak to us. So, Lord, would you use this time for your glory and for our good. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, when I was in college, I lived in a house that my dad described as the house from Animal House. It was eight guys, including myself, in a four-bedroom, two-bath house that was constructed with, I'm pretty sure, cardboard and sticky tack. It was awful, like everything was broken in it. The floor in the living room was literally slanted in such a way that you couldn't sit in a rolly chair or you would just slide to the uh, front door. There were these giant cracks in the living room, which we were just like, yeah, it's fine, we'll put a poster over it, it's fine. And we just lived that way and everything was fine and dandy until the last week of college that uh, I'm sitting on the couch and I'm watching TV, and everything starts to shake, because Oklahoma is known for earthquakes. And we got hit by a pretty good-sized earthquake. And that crack in the wall uh, split the wall in two. And I just sat there, and I was like, this is how I die. This is how I go out. This is kind of a lame way to die, watching TV, but it's fine. And I just like accepted it. Lord willing, thankful to God I didn't die there. So praise God for that. Uh, but we eventually called the realtor, and we're like, hey, um, the house is like, in two pieces. I don't think it's supposed to be like that. And uh, they had contacted with the owner of the house, and the person was like, oh my gosh, that foundation is shot. Like, you guys shouldn't be allowed to live there. They actually demolished the house like three weeks after we moved out. It's no longer there. And we learned in that moment a very important lesson. What you build on matters. A foundation is vitally, vitally important. And what Jesus has been teaching us for the past few months as we journey through the Blessed series and the Ugly Instinct series and now the Life Under Construction series is what Jesus has been telling us through the Sermon on the Mount are these different instructions on how to build your life. And as you're building, what you're doing is you're laying on a foundation. And so we're going to see what happens if we build on a good foundation or on a bad foundation. On our life, because it can be costly to build your house on a bad foundation, and it's even more expensive to build your life on the wrong foundation. And so I have three points for us this morning on how we can build our life on the right foundation and what that foundation is. And so in verse 24, it says this, everybody who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. My first point for this morning, a wise foundation is built on following Jesus' instructions. A wise foundation is built on following Jesus' instructions, which makes sense. We kind of know that. Like everything in life kind of works in this way. If you want to build an Ikea furniture, you better follow along with those instructions. You got a Lego set, you got to put them piece by piece the way that the instruction manual says. Our world has rules. Our world has instructions to it that there are things that just naturally happen. There's the rule of gravity, that if I drop this pin 100% of the time, it's going to fall to the ground. There's never been a moment that the the, the, the pin just floated up into the ceiling. That doesn't happen. There's rules relationally, that if you're a jerk to everybody, you won't have friends. That's just how it works. And what Jesus is trying to tell us is that there are ways in which we live because God has designed the world to work in such a way. And Jesus has been telling us these different instructions that he said, hey, I want you to not store up treasures on earth, but rather store up treasures on heaven and so be generous with your money. He says, hey, I want you to deal with uh, sex and lust in such a way that honors me. He says, no, hey, I want you to, to work hard for forgiveness and work after and, and chase down reconciliation, that I've designed the, word to, the world to work in such a way that'll actually give you the most life. And what happens is if we follow Jesus' instructions, Jesus gives us a title. He says, you're wise. That a wise person is the one that follows Jesus' instructions. But then on the flip side, if we don't follow Jesus' instructions, then what we are is a fool just what the Bible says, that if you either follow Jesus' instruction, you're wise. If you don't, you're a fool. But notice what Jesus says here. He says, everybody who hears these words of mine and does them. He emphasizes that because it's important. It doesn't just happen by listening. It happens by obeying. It's not just that you're here at church. It's that you put this into practice in your life. Because the reality is, is you can have perfect church attendance. You can agree with the messages being preached. You can sing the songs. You can read your Bible every day and still be a fool. That it's not until you put it into practice. James says the same thing. He says, do not merely uh, listen to the word as so to deceive yourself. Do what it says. And I think Jesus and James emphasizes this because there's something weird that can happen when we attend is we can trick ourselves into thinking we're actually obeying. Like, we've all done this. Anybody ever bought workout equipment? Yeah, man, you felt great when you bought it. You lost 10 pounds on the spot when you'd order that P90X. Like, that was great. You had the six-pack that night. But you know that you don't actually lose any weight. You don't get into shape until you start using what you bought. My mom is notorious for this. I didn't ask her permission to use this story. Mom, I love you, Uh, if you're watching. I'm gonna get in trouble for this one. Uh, When I was in high school, my mom bought a yoga mat because she was going to get into yoga. Fast forward five years later, we're uh, cleaning out our house to help them move, and I'm cleaning out a closet, and in the back of a closet, I find a yoga mat with the wrapper still on it. (laughs) And I went up to my mom and I was like, mom, I thought you were going to get into yoga. And she grabbed me. She's like, no, 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 I am. Like, I'm about to, I'm about to start. I just got a little bit busy for the past five years. (laughs) But we know this. And the same is with our walk with the Lord. As we can come to church and you can feel a little bit more encouraged. You can even get a little guilt relief. But if you don't put into practice the words that Jesus says, the Bible calls you a fool. You're deceiving yourself. It's vital that we actually put into practice what we're hearing. And so he says, and this is what, why we have to build on this foundation. We see it in verse 25. It says this, And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it didn't fall, because it had been founded on the rock. My second point this morning, a wise foundation will stand. A wise foundation will stand. And so this is you saying, okay, Jesus, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you with my entire life. I'm not going to stand on the edge. You tell me to do something, I'm going to do it. You tell me jump, I say how high, right? And some of us need to hear this. We've been standing on the edge and Jesus is calling us to jump in. To not just be timid, but actually go full on and go, Jesus, I'm going to trust you with my time. I'm going to trust you with how I live my life. I'm not just going to hear, I'm actually going to do. But hear me say this, what Jesus isn't promising isn't that the storms aren't coming. See, we can sometimes buy into this kind of health, wealth, prosperity. Like if I believe in Jesus, nothing wrong is going to happen. Jesus is not saying that at all. In no way does Jesus ever promise a moment where the storms won't come. Actually, he kind of does the opposite. Jesus tells his disciples on the last night, right as he's about to go to the cross, he tells his disciples, in this world, you will have trouble. And if the disciples didn't believe him, they would by the end of their life, because 11 out of the 12 disciples were martyred for their faith. The only one that wasn't was John, who was boiled alive and then exiled to the island of Patmos, which really isn't a whole lot better. See, it's not a promise that we're not gonna have storms. No, the promise is we're gonna stand firm in the storms. That's what Jesus is offering. That if we would build our life on the foundation, on the word of God, then what'll happen is we can actually stand firm when the storms come. Not if, when the storms come. Because job loss may happen. Cancer's a reality of this world. Illnesses happen. Difficulties happen. And are you gonna build your life on something that can crumble? Or are you gonna build it on the sure foundation that is Christ? And I hear it all the time. Like, in this room, we have a lot of stuff going on. Like, I'm the prayer pastor. I get the prayer requests every single week. And I get to pray over, it's one of my greatest privileges that I get to pray individually for all of those different Prayers. And I, I, I mourn with some of the things that are going on in this room. But I'll tell you, I've noticed two reactions when things are going wrong. When I get to actually call people and talk to people about the difficult situations, because uh, no one calls the church when things are great. I really only get to talk to people that are going through trouble. No one calls the church and is like, man, I just want to tell you, sun's shining today. Thought he wanted to know. It doesn't happen a whole lot. But, and I'm, and like, let me say this, praise God that the church is still the place that people call when things are going wrong. Praise God that this is the place that when everything goes crazy that they run to God. Praise God, I don't want that ever to change. But I've seen two reactions to people in the midst of storms. One, when the, the first reaction is when their life crumbles, they crumble. And this is where something happens in their life, a storm blows by and they turn to alcohol or pornography, or an affair, or they dive into work where they can just distract themselves from what's going on. And when their life crumbles, they crumble. But there's another reaction that I get to see, is when the storm hits, they go, you know, the storm isn't fun, the storm isn't good, and you don't have to say the storm is good. But they go, I trust you, God. And everything is going crazy, but God, I trust you, and I'm not giving up on you. And those are the people that have paved a way that they've built on a foundation on Jesus. They have been paving for years on the teachings of Jesus, putting it into practice in their life. So when the storm came, they stood firm. And I want to show you a story. If you don't believe me just from this, I want to show you a story of two people uh, in our congregation that are going through a storm right now. And I want to show you their reaction and what got them there. So let's watch that story now. My name is Ray Goldbeck.
1: Uh, I've been Faith Bridgers for eight years. And on February 19th, I found out I have stage four colorectal cancer. I guess probably 20 months ago, I I was feeling uh, under the weather, wasn't feeling as good and thought, hey, it's time for an annual physical. And I went in to see my doctor. Over the next year, I continued to see sporadically a little bit more evidence that maybe something wasn't right.
2: You know, I think that there was a part of all of us that knew something was was going on, just, you know, there was just a sense to it.
1: On that uh, day of the colonoscopy, February 19th, uh, that procedure maybe lasted five or 10 minutes, and and uh, they couldn't move the camera past the tumor site and said, hey, it's 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 pretty serious, it's cancer.
2: It didn't really hit us right away. It didn't settle on us at that point in time. I went and got my truck and went to pick him up, and we were driving down the highway and i just remember i just remember him crying and me crying but i was like it's going to be okay or this is going to be fine you know we're going to god's going to see us through this
1: Going back to um, how my my journey and my walk with the Lord starts, somewhere around third grade, I was going to a Lutheran private school. Uh, My parents got divorced. And in seventh grade, we no longer attended St. Paul's Lutheran in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I was thinking, hey, that's more Sundays so I can sleep in and never really plug back in. And uh, the first time that changed was when we attended Faith Bridge. We were invited by some neighbors. The sermon that day was the prodigal son of all sermons and all days, and I just knew the Lord was speaking to me in that moment. It was time to come home and time to turn back. We were a blended family. Um, we'd been married for probably two years at that point. We were going through some challenges, and uh, you know, for me, I had struggled with alcohol. I used that as a, as a way to kind of um, check out in a way uh, when things got a little tougher around the house and blend in family.
2: You know, there's a lot of um, not knowing you know, what's next um, when you have someone that's struggling in that way. Um, and so that was that was very difficult for Ray and I, and we we struggled quite a bit and, you know, got really close to not being a couple.
1: My wife just shared with me that she didn't like who I was when I drank and my uh, comments were a little sharper and, and, and it just wasn't gonna work for her in this household. Um, so she told me that, you know, my options were I could either um, keep alcohol in my life and be a part-time dad, or I could choose the family. I was away from the house for, for a number of days and uh, kind of doing some soul-searching, and I just got down on my hands and knees in a hotel and just prayed for the Lord to take that from me and just give me a path to to uh, put my family back together and, and to be the head of the household finally and to lead and guide uh, in, a, in a Christ-like manner. One of the uh, the most impactful people that we've been able to uh, share this walk with is Tom Hargrove. He's a faith bridger, He's been here for years. And uh, he was diagnosed with cancer back in June of 2018.
3: When Ray was diagnosed, I was like, Hey, brother, I'm, I'm here for you. Um, I'm in this battle, and I want to be here for you in this battle. And it's a really unique friendship in the sense of, uh, of we're both praying for each other, we're both striving for each other, but we also, also both have our own issues when the diagnosis came. It was a big shock and a big change. Uh, the fear entered me immediately about having to tell my kids. Rex, we were sitting right there, and he stood up, and... let uh, I mean, I mean, He stood up and gave me a big hug, and he was like, Dad, you can do this. He goes, you're so strong. And to think how scared I was and still I am some days, but, but th- that it's, it's just all lies. And, you know, I don't know if I'll make it. I don't know if I have, but, but I didn't know it beforehand either. And man, the lives of people that have reached out to me. And without a doubt, one of the shining things the Lord has shown me is what the body of Christ meets. I had, I thought I kind of had an understanding of what that was before this. I had no clue. I used to think it was corny. I used to think it was kind of, yeah, who needs the body of Christ? I'm like, it's me and, it's me and Christ. I mean, we can do our own things together. And uh, well, it's just, it's it's amazing, amazing how the body of Christ has is, uh, is just risen through this and just given me just so much strength.
1: Looking back um, to February 19th, when we got the diagnosis, if the church body wasn't there and, and we didn't have, Godly focus in what we're doing. Uh, I think the place that we're in right now would be completely different.
2: Yeah, if this had happened to us, you know, six years ago, you know, before we had a solid foundation, you know, in Christ and and our walk, then I think it probably would have swallowed us whole. There's so much about this life that's uncertain. I just feel like that no matter what storm I go through, and my family goes through, is that the only foundation we have is, is God. And that if you're going through a storm, just wrap your arms around Him and just don't let go. That just, you'll never be alone. You just have to be open to it.
0: Praise God for that story. I love that testimony. I love that, but I wanna ask you the question, how did they get there? They got there because they had been paving for years on the foundation of Jesus, so that when the storm hit, they were ready. See, it wasn't cancer and then Jesus. It was Jesus and then cancer, and that changed everything. And I was talking with Ray in between services and he was showing me the prayer list of people that, he was able, that he'd been able to, to minister to in the midst of the storm. People going through another storm because he had been built on the foundation of the teachings of Jesus. When the storm hit, he could stand. See, our promise isn't that we have an avoidance of the storm. No, our promise is that even in the storm, we will still stand. That's where our hope lies. But then what Jesus does is he gives us this promise, and then he shows us another scenario. The exact same thing happens, but with a very different outcome. We see it in verse 26. It says this, and everybody who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And when the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, it fell, and great was the fall of it. My third point this morning, any other foundation will fail. Any other foundation will fail. There is no middle ground. It is either you are building on the foundation of Jesus or you aren't. And we like to pretend that there's a middle ground. You're like, Kyle, I'm not like following the devil and and, like, I'm not like a cult. So I'm fine. I'm just doing my own thing. But the reality is, is there isn't a middle ground. You're either following the instructions of Jesus or you're not, and any other foundation other than the foundation of Jesus will crumble. Instructions found in Cosmo or in Time Magazine or the Republican or Democratic Party or your family or your opinions, anything. It all won't stand that when the storm hits, it'll crumble. We have to build on the foundation of Jesus. And the greatest part about this is we can trust Jesus because he did it. That's why we can trust him. That his words weren't everything he did. He didn't just say this, he lived it. Like you remember that he was beaten before he was crucified and he never spit back. He never cursed back. When he was hung on the tree, you remember what his response was? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then he was resurrected and and his reaction wasn't probably what a lot of our reaction would have been. Something like, all right, where are my disciples? Because I got to talk to them. Uh, Where's loyal old Peter? Uh, You're supposed to be there. Where were you? Oh, where are the Roman guards. I got to show them something and I got to do something about them. Now that wasn't Jesus' reaction. He rose from the grave and looked at him and said, I still love you and I'm not giving up on you and we're not done here. And so we can trust Jesus' instructions because he lived it. If we can trust the one for our eternity, then we can trust him with our life as well. And that's what we need to hear is that a lot of us, we have trusted Jesus with our eternity, but we have yet to trust Jesus with our life. And I live in the same world you do. Like every day we are bombarded with messages telling you, if you would just follow my instructions, you'll get life, you'll get satisfaction, you'll get joy. You can watch HGTV and hear this, this is the house you should have. You can watch the car commercials and go, that's the car that you should drive. You can watch The Bachelor or Bachelorette and go, that's how you should date. You can be on Instagram scrolling through and say, this is what your family should look like. This is what your kids should be doing. This is what your body should look like. And the entire world is saying, if you would just follow my instructions, then I'll get you the girl, I'll get you the guy, you'll get the house, you'll drive the car, your life will be satisfied. And what I'm trying to tell you this morning is it's a lie. Anything other than the foundation of Jesus, when the storm hits, will crumble. And I just have a few minutes to try to convince you. We have a world that is bombarding us with a message that if you trust me, it'll stand. But I'm trying to tell you, Jesus is telling us. The one that conquered death is trying to tell us, no, 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 the only foundation we can have is a foundation of Jesus. And what Jesus is actually trying to do is to try to give us the most life. He's trying to give us the most peace and the most joy. He's not trying to rip you off. Like no one has gone to heaven and gone, man, I just really feel ripped off. Like, I can't believe I was generous. Like, send me back. I got a couple thousand dollars I got to spend. Like, come on. No one has gone there and gone, I can't believe I saved myself until marriage. I just can't believe it. Like, I just want to do over. No one has gotten to heaven and felt ripped off because Jesus isn't trying to rip you off. He's actually trying to save you from a lot of pain. He's given us this way of life to actually give us the most life. And he's trying to say, would you trust me with it? If you'll trust me with your eternity, would you also trust me with your life? And we know that if we want to see practical change in our life, then we actually have to put into practice the words that we're hearing. The instructions that we read, we have to put it into practice. We know it, if you wanna get better at golf, you can read every bit about golf, but until you hit the driving range, you won't actually see your score decrease. You can learn all there is about nutrition, all there is about eating well, but if you keep shoving pizza in your mouth, you won't lose any weight. And some of us, we need to realize that we've just been hearing, and we need to start doing. Jesus is offering us life, and life is found in following the instructions God has given us. And so I have two action steps for us this morning two action steps for us. I think that can be helpful. The first thing that we can do this afternoon is evaluate your building materials. Evaluate your building materials. So on your drive home, as you're leaving church, you can ask your friend or ask your spouse, where have we been building our life? Where have I been putting down my bricks? Where have I been laying my foundation? See, every day we make decisions to either put a brick on the foundation of Jesus or to put a brick on the foundation of sand, what this world has to offer. And so we need to evaluate and honestly look into our life where have I been putting my bricks? And then we need to understand that we need to understand uh, God's instruction. Like, do you know Scripture? Are you familiar with what God wants for you? This is why Bible reading is so, 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 so important. Because every single day we get uh, different people and different advertisements and different TV shows and different songs telling us all sorts of different instructions on how to get life. How important is it to combat that with 15 minutes of Bible reading? To try to understand what God wants for us a little bit better. This is why it's so vital to be in scripture every single day. And Dan gave us some great help on that. You can download the Bible app on your phone, you can let that be the first thing you look at rather than Instagram. Let your mind first be focused on what God wants rather than what the world is trying to sell us. This is why it's vital that we have a deep understanding of God's word. And so, The first question is what bricks are you laying today? Evaluate your building materials. And then the second instruction, the second uh, thing that we can put into our life is build in community. Build in community. We saw that with Ray and Tom, that they talked about the importance of having people together to help you along because the reality is, is we can be tricked really easy and we need people to go, dude, what are you doing? Like you don't know, you don't need to date that person. No, you don't need to uh, build there. You don't need to take that job. You don't need to do this. You need people that can tell you, dude, you're building on sand. You you need people that can speak the truth of God into your life. The truth is nobody ever built a house alone. You need people to help you put up the siding, to help lay the, the, the roof tiles, to help furnish the house. No one ever built a house alone. And the walk of Jesus is a walk in community. And so we need people around us. If you need a helper step on that, you can go out to the connections table after this and they can help you get plugged into a community, into a, a small group, into a discipleship group where you can be known and challenged and loved, where people can actually value and help you navigate this difficult life well. And this is what I want for us. Like I, I want us to be a church that when the world shakes, when the storms come, we don't move. The storms are going to come. And, and no one wants them to come. And we don't have to pretend that the storms are good. We don't have to say, the, eh, hallelujah, the storms are fun. No one, ha- you don't have to lie. No one wants storms, no one wants cancer, no one wants job loss or difficult children or dying relatives or illnesses or or mental states. No one wants those problems. But what Jesus is saying is that if you try to build on any other foundation, when those things come, it'll crumble, it'll fail. But my words and my truth, if you can trust the God that's in control and his word that he's given you is you'll stand no matter what storm comes. In no way will we be able to avoid them, but we can actually stand firm through them. That's our hope. And what happens, what happens when we as a church do this is the watching world wonders. And they ask, how can you have hope in the midst of that difficulty? How can you have joy right now? How can you actually be sane in the midst of the storm that you're going through and you can Boldly say, because I know the God that's in control and his name is Jesus. And when we build our life on that, everything changes. And so we need to evaluate our building materials. Are you building on sand? Look introspective and be honest. Are you building on sand or are you building on the rock that is Christ jesus he's our only hope in this difficult difficult world our hope isn't an avoidance of the storms no our hope is to stand firm through the storms and i want that for us church i want us to be a beacon of hope for those that are looking and going through the storms as well and i believe that if we begin to build on christ if we lay our foundations on the word of God and the instruction he gives us, then we will stand firm. Let me pray for us. Lord, God, storms aren't fun. Storms aren't easy, and a lot of us right now are going through storms. So God, I would ask you, would you show us how sturdy you are God, would you show us that we can trust you. God, we want to trust you not only with our eternity, but also with our life. And God, I pray that you would allow us to be honest and open and and real about where am I building? How am I spending my time? Where are my thoughts going? Am I being practical in the instructions Jesus gives us? And we can just evaluate by saying, Jesus, you said to love your enemies. Am I loving my enemies? Or am I gossiping about them behind their back? Could you tell us all these different things that we've been learning through this different series through the Sermon on the Mount? God, I pray that you would allow us to be honest. And then Lord, let us be doers of the word. Lord, you're good and we know that we can trust you. So God, I pray that you would use this church, use us to stand firm in the midst of the storms because of you, Jesus.